the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. 20 years of intelligent talk. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. The 117th U.S. Congress is being sworn in today, and it begins with some question marks. For one thing, there won't be a full House. The race in New York's 22nd District has yet to be called a month after the election, and Republican Luke Letlow was newly elected but died this past Tuesday at age 41, so a special election will have to be called in Louisiana's 5th District. And there will probably be at least three more special elections if the three Democrat representatives tapped for positions in a Biden administration are approved by lawmakers. Rhonda Rockster reporting. India has authorized today two COVID-19 vaccines. This paves the way for a huge inoculation program to stem the virus. In the world's Mike Gallagher sees a fight in the future. Everybody's got their own right to chart their own course. And the government's not going to tell us how we can live our life. I know people don't like to hear that. But, you know, we're going to have to navigate these waters and see what happens if companies aren't going to allow people in the building if they don't have proof of vaccination, which is a frightening thing and uh, something we're going to need to tackle. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 8 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Whether you're listening from outside the Twin Cities or in AM 1280, The Patriot. My name is Brian, and for the weather today, it's going to be a high of 30 degrees and sunny. A giant congratulations to Roberta H. She's the winner of the third annual Christmas Mortgage Miracle. Salem Media Group will be paying her rent for all of 2021. We couldn't be happier to bless her with some financial relief. The Christmas Mortgage Miracle was brought to you by Tom Matani of a new American funding. Expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast. We'd like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in on this very first Sunday of the year 2021, which means, well, it's my first broadcast of the year 2021. Uh, hopefully you had a blessed and safe Holiday season. Uh, I know I did. I was actually uh, traveling for my day job uh, this past week out in Los Angeles, and uh, I was working right through the evening of New Year's Eve. So I spent my New Year's Eve in a, uh, a hotel room in nearby Los An- uh, near Los Angeles because I had a six a.m. flight on New Year's Day, which meant I had to get up about two thirty in the morning. So, yeah, my uh, uh, I I was asleep when the New Year rang in on the West Coast, um, but they were. But because people are cooped up in California, that's where the COVID hotspot is really taking place is out in California. And people were celebrating the New Year with fireworks. So it was difficult to get a, a get any kind of sleep. I think it got maybe two or three hours of sleep because, like I said, I had to get up at 2.30 and, and uh, get stuff together and get to the airport at LAX and catch my flight. But all travel went good. Got home safe and sound Friday late morning, early afternoon. And here we are today. So uh, I don't know what kind of show you're going to get. Like I say, I've been working my day job all week. 
uh, focused out in Los Angeles. So wasn't following a whole lot of news, but doing my best to keep up with it uh, via uh, different online sites. Uh, I did want to spend the first hour talking about some local stuff. And by the way, at one thirty, we will have on Senator Michelle Benson. She, Republican state senator out of Ham Lake, going to give us a session preview as well as uh, talking about uh, her and fellow Republican senators demanding Governor Walls announce a plan to reopen closed businesses. So we'll probably get Michelle's input on that again when she comes on at one thirty. But I did want to talk about an interesting story that I saw bandied about on Twitter uh, this past week. This is from a last, I guess this would have been last Wednesday, on uh, du- on uh, WCCO-TV's website. Uh, an inauguration event planned for outside the Minnesota State Capitol is getting pushback from some Republicans. The state granted a group a permit to hold the ceremony uh, next Tuesday. Seven DFL senators are listed as part of the event, and the permit says the event could have as many as 100 people gathering outside the Capitol. Critics believe that's a direct violation of the executive order issued by Governor Tim Walz. What was the executive order? Well, specifically in the latest executive order, it indicates outdoor social gatherings involving more than three households or more than 15 people. In total, are prohibited. Outdoor social gatherings involving three households or less and no more than 15 people total are allowed as long as people from different households maintain at least six feet of separation from each other and take additional precautions. Well, if there's going to be seven DFL senators that were going to be sworn in at this particular ceremony and their families were welcome to come along and it was going to be up to 100 people, that seems to kind of fly in the face of that little excerpt of the executive order, does it not? And by the way, kudos to some uh, friends of mine who I follow on Twitter who are um, engaged in the in the uh, political system. Uh, John Rouleau, who's with the uh, Minnesota Jobs Coalition. He's executive director of the Minnesota Jobs Coalition. Uh, Jeff Kolb, former member of the Crystal City Council and a friend of mine. He's been on this radio show uh, many times. And Michael Broadcorp, who is uh, now an independent journalist. You remember him, of course, from the days of Minnesota Democrats exposed once the deputy party uh, deputy chair of the Minnesota Republican Party and was the former Senate comms director uh, about nine years ago. Uh, those of you who follow politics know why he was no longer in that job. But uh, Michael's done yeoman's work as a journalist, an independent journalist over these past several years. And they were all reporting on this, as was Blois Olson as well. So kudos to all those gentlemen uh, reporting on this. I'm sure there were more, and I apologize if I if I left your name out, but these were the these were the folks I was following specifically on this particular issue. Uh, look, the event was outdoors, a gathering outside at the Capitol, you know, the Capitol steps. And it is more than conducive of staying six feet apart, no matter how many people there are. Well, there obviously would have to be a limit. But 100 people, you figure the Capitol, you'd be able to stay six feet apart. If as long as you're within your old household, I get all that, and of course the spin doctoring took place. Well, you know, technically it's 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 not, uh, you know, it may technically violate the law, but the spirit of it, everybody's masked up, everybody's tested for coronavirus, and everybody's distanced. Yada yada. Yeah, but but the executive order specifically says outdoor social gatherings involving more than three households or more than fifteen people in total are prohibited. What, what's amb- what's ambiguous about that? Okay, and some people, someone actually had the audacity to cite that the legislature, you know, if they want to gather in an official capacity, is exempt from this. This is an official legislative business. This is a this is mere theater. This is a ceremony, an informal ceremony, to swear in the seven new members of the of the Democrat caucus in the Senate. So this is not official legislative business. So this idea that you're trying to spin this as, well, the legislature, they're exempt. No, they're not. And the problem is, this is just another example of how we're not all in this together. We hear that often. Whenever these mandates are handed down, the shit, whether it's shelter in place, bars, restaurants being shut down, 
uh, capacity limits at places like you know health clubs, where at least health clubs are now open up, but you're somehow supposed to work out with a mask. I, I've been trying that, and it's tough. But you know what? I need the workout, man. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm doing the best I can with that. You know, when when these mandates are handed down, that's that's kind of been a common phrase. You know, we're in this together. We need to get through this together. We need to smash this virus, and and you know, people return safely to their lives. And we got to hunker down. The vaccine is here. We got to be patient. We got to let our most vulnerable and our frontline workers get it administered first, and then when our time comes then things will start to maybe get back to normal but we're in this together let's 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 lock hands let's go forward the the people who always say that never have anything are, are not losing anything from from these lockdowns okay there are people who are losing their jobs or they're being furloughed or they're being temporarily laid off or their hours are being cut back or they're not getting access to routine medical screenings like you know pre-cancer screenings by the way i'd be interested to know the statistics on people who missed their routine cancer screenings because certain procedures that were deemed non-essential were scuttled because they want to be sure to not overwhelm the health system. I understand not overwhelming the health system because if a lot of COVID cases come forth, those are, that's going to be a priority, no doubt about it. But how many people missed routine screenings and then later found out that some of their ailments could, were, were now past the point of being able to cure? whereas they wouldn't have been had they been able to go to the routine screens. I don't know if there's a way to quantify that. But I would dare to say those are COVID casualties, even though they didn't die of COVID. But I digress. But the people who are handing down these mandates, they don't have anything to lose. I mean, the Governor Walls, you know, he's, he's governor of the state. You know, his, his staff is in place. Uh, you know, legislators. They, you know, they're they're all they're all keeping their jobs. Granted, these aren't full time jobs for most of these legislators, but a lot of them, they already have the wherewithal to where they're not they're not hurting because of this. Okay, not all of them. I don't want to paint a broad brush there. And then when you get someone like Bill Gates comes on CNN and says, "Well, you know, unfortunately, yeah, that's going to be part of the deal. Restaurants have to go out of business," as he's you know, sitting in his, uh, what, 500,000 foot, square foot estate, whatever it is, he could probably build his own shopping mall, his own restaurants, and his property. You know, it's easy for him to say. The point is, is that when you come from a position of not being able to empathize with people who are losing something, I'm sorry, your words ring hollow, especially when you're not even following your own mandates. We've, we've documented it on this show many times, how Democrat governors, Democrat mayors, Democrat city councilors, whomever, are all lecturing us, need to mask up, need to socially distance, need to stay at home. The best was that mayor from uh, Austin, Texas, telling everybody not to travel while he's in some posh resort down in Cabo San Lucas. Or the Denver, was it the De- yeah, Denver, Colorado mayor, got on and said, well, you know, we non-essential travel, we highly, highly discourage it. And then he hops a flight to go visit his daughter wherever she lives. You know, in, in several instances, well, the best example, uh, Governor uh, Gavin Newsom of California in a very closed, tight indoor space at the French Laundry. You know, how ironic is that? A, a snooty restaurant called the French Laundry. You can see you turning up your nose when you have to say that. The French Laundry. Yeah, he's in closed quarters with a bunch of other people, including like somebody from the Department of Health. Not socially distanced in an indoor space. Nobody wearing masks. Yet California has some of the strictest lockdowns in the entire entire country. And, and and people are tired of it. And I bring all this up because kudos to John Rollo, all of these uh, senators that were going to be present for this, or whether they senators-elect or, or whomever, uh, Mary Kunish, Jennifer McEwen, Aaron Murphy, Lindsey Port, Ann Johnson-Stewart, Omar Fateh, Eric Putnam, these are the seven senators that were going to be uh, sworn in as part of this inauguration ceremony. Um, yeah, they're all all okay gathering for this, but it seems to fly in the face of what they said previously. And again, friend of the broadcast, John Rouleau, executive director of the Minnesota Jobs Coalition, he brought the receipts. We'll come back with those in mere moments. Take your phone calls as well, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back in mere moments with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
Look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. Apartment turnover. Ugh, always an issue. And how fast can we turn the apartment to the new renter? Cleaning and painting is always an issue. Where can I get prompt turnover services? The answer, Eli's Cleaning. Great cleaning and painting done in a timely manner. Call for free estimates, 855-670-ELIS. Get that apartment turned around for the next renter ASAP. Other commercial cleaning services available too. Eli'scleaningservices.com or call 855-670-ELIS. 855-670-ELIS. I appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. If the troops have no supplies, the troops are worthless. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help this station, and that is just patronize their sponsors. Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station. I grew up Pope, which is even worse than being poor. From poor to CEO, the incredible journey of Herman Cain. My American dream entailed working hard and making $20,000 a year. But I surpassed that goal and became a corporate CEO. The story of one man's amazing journey from a poor, undereducated family to the highest levels of corporate, social, and political America. I didn't have to be taught work ethic. I saw it firsthand, and it had a big impression on me. From poor to CEO, the amazing true story of the American dream that will inspire and motivate you and your family to live your best life. We'll all be able to say the movie from poor to ceo the incredible journey of herman kane available at salemnow.com visit salemnow.com and use promo code minneapolis to save 20 percent join gene sullivan each week on where you live where he takes on uh gene who do you take on anyway maniacal landlords slippery renters overbearing hoa boards demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind. Learn more at minneapolis.salemsurround.com. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For any comments or questions, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, continuing with our discussion of uh, seven DFL senators, we're planning on a uh, swearing-in ceremony that was to take place, I believe, on Tuesday uh, January 5th. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, yeah, they were supposed to take place Tuesday, January 5th, uh, before the session got started, obviously. And it was going to be seven DFL senators and estimated to be a total of 100 attendees because it would include, obviously, their family members. And again, let me read you the excerpt in Governor Walz's latest executive order, outdoor social gatherings involving more than three households or more than 15 people in total are prohibited. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty unambiguous, right? Amazingly, on December twenty eighth, okay, just after Christmas, the Department of Industry, Department of Minnesota Department of Administration Facilities Management approved a permit for this with the date of event, even the estimated number of attendees, one hundred. So, despite the fact there was. The governor's executive order prohibiting gatherings like this, his own administration or a a department within his own administration approves this event. I, I mean, come on. The governor conveniently had no comment on this. Now, again, 
I'm sure he was I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and if if at the very least I'm sure he probably was like why do we shoot ourselves in the foot like this meaning Democrats because Democrats have been notorious for violating their own mandates okay or for not living up to the rules they set for for the rest of us okay but he's had no comment on this uh, it's just absolutely stunning that this flies directly in the face of the governor's executive order. So, no, we're not all in this together. And I think there should be an executive somehow. If the governor had any, uh, if the governor had this kind of temerity, he should issue an executive order that anybody who says we're all in this together should, you know, maybe get a get, get a light slap. I don't know. I, I just I. I I'm incredulous over this. I really am. So this was, again, for seven DFL senators and up to 100 people. And as I uh, alluded to before the break, John Rouleau, executive director, Minnesota Jobs Coalition, brought receipts. Uh, Senator Aaron Murphy, one of the seven senators that's going to was going to be in attendance. Here's a quote from her. Uh, when the story of America's COVID experience is written, it will be littered by those in powerful positions who use their power to... Flout the rules. Like you and your fellow DFL senators, Senator Murphy. Oh, but uh, here, here's another one from Senator Murphy. Giving priority to electeds is wrong. It undermines a democratic principle of governing and fosters a false sense of safety. For our health and our healthy democracy, no special treatment for those elected until vaccines are widely distributed. COVID protections are required. Well, vaccines have they're, they're starting to get distributed, but they haven't been widely distributed in the state of Minnesota. Uh, another senator that was going to be at the ceremony, Lindsey Port, newly elected senator out of the uh, Burnsville-Apple Valley area, I believe. We must slow the spread. Wear a mask. Stay home when you can. Cancel plans that include other households. Unless it's a fake swearing-in ceremony. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, Mary Kunish, newly elected senator. These restrictions are necessary to help reverse the spread of this virus and save lives. We surely are not at a point where we can return to normal. We must remain strict when it comes to managing this virus. Please continue to limit gatherings. Unless you want to gather up to 100 people if you're a newly elected DFL senator. Amazing how they leave that little uh, disclaimer out of there, don't, isn't it? Uh, Jen McEwen. I join in this commitment to follow these protocols. Let's show our care for one another and for the future and the hopes of our community by acting in solidarity with our frontline health care workers. Hmm. Okay. Um, and Stuart Johnson, these dial back restrictions from Governor Tim Walls are badly needed with COVID cases rising rapidly across Minnesota and healthcare workers stretched to their breaking point. Please do your part. <clears throat> Unless you have a fake ceremony to attend. <laughs> Man, how does that keep slipping in there? I have no idea. Apologize for that, folks. Eric Putnam. How do we get people to really appreciate, understand, and respect public health experts who are telling us to do the things we need to do? What kind of conversations can we have with people to help them understand and respect the science that we are hearing? Oh, I don't know. Maybe not hold an outdoor ceremony that violates the governor's latest executive order? Just spitballing here. And finally, Omar Fateh, who was the one who promoted this particular event, newly elected senator of Minneapolis, I won't stand for it for as long as public health experts insist that social distancing will save lives we will insist on social distancing unless i have a fake swearing in ceremony to attend in contradiction to public health experts guidance so i'm standing and applauding standing on the radio isn't good because you get away from the microphone i'm I'm giving my friend john rollo a standing ovation yes he brought the receipts (laughs) kudos to johnny on that one there you have it Quotes from all seven senators that we're going to be representing at this particular swearing-in ceremony. And, of course, whenever opposition points out progressive hypocrisy or progressive misdeeds, the focus isn't on the, is never on the hypocrisy or the misdeeds. You know what it is? It's the focus on the Republicans' response to it. It's always Republicans pounce or Republicans seize on... Democrats, and of course the Democrats, it's always alleged misdeeds or technical misdeeds or whatever. Yeah, because it's not really a big deal. Uh, the DFL, 
Uh, the inaugural class of uh, DFL senators, uh, they did release a statement uh, in response to this. In just under one week, each of us will take our oaths of office to serve as senators for our communities who have put their faith and support in us to serve as their elected representatives. It is an honor and a privilege to have this trust put in us to serve them. Earlier this week, we released notice of an outdoor socially distanced ceremonial swearing-in. The plan followed the stay safe guidelines in place by Minnesota, place stay safe guidelines in place in Minnesota. Um, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. But anyways, uh, by allowing each of us to individually be sworn in on the steps of the Capitol with our families present. We created this plan because the original description of the day we were given did not guarantee mask wearing or provide a safe environment for us or our families. We are appreciative of Senate Secretary Ludeman and his staff at the Senate for taking steps that will allow each of us and our colleagues to be sworn in safely, while also giving opportunity for Minnesotans and our communities the opportunity to participate remotely. So, and then I'll just skip to the last end. This is this is uh, this is precious. For these last couple paragraphs. Our original announcement did not provide enough details about the safety precautions we had in place, and those that seek to divide us use it as an opportunity to distract from the important work we have been elected to do for the people of Minnesota. We reject that premise and will be holding a joint virtual press event on Tuesday afternoon to highlight some of the vital issues we will be focusing on in this session. On Tuesday, we will be sworn in to begin our work as senators. While some of us will be sworn in remotely and others will be sworn in at the Capitol, each of us will do so safely in a manner that ensures the safety of our family, our friends, and our community. So there you have it. That's basically saying, yeah, Republicans, those scurrilous Republicans who seek to divide us and their supporters who seek to divide us, yeah, because of them, they completely screwed up our good time. And we and we can't but but okay, yeah, we weren't we maybe we weren't clear in the safety protocols, but 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 uh, it those that seek to divide us, they're they're the real villains here. Well again, outdoor social gatherings involving more than three households or more than fifteen people in total are prohibited. So I, I'm I'm not understanding. What 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 are you doing to limit to three households and 15 people telling four of the senators to go pound sand and only three remaining. And they can only have four up to four family members from each household to get, to get to 15. And like, and the head oh, and the headline from the uh, WCCO TV story I read earlier, DFL inauguration event outside Minnesota state Capitol criticized by some GOP members. So that's as uh, that's about as close to uh, to Republicans pounce as they get. Um, again, I read all those statements of those DFL senators, basically saying that we're going to set an example. We're going to be in solidarity with with folks with Minnesotans by by masking up and remaining distant and and not and not uh, flying in the face of of these uh, government mandates. And they didn't do it. They weren't planning on doing it anyways. And again, I'm sure every one of these were very critical of Republicans who shortly after Election Day, Republican senators, a handful of them, gathered at at a restaurant in celebrating their election victories. And as a result, I think one or two people had COVID and there was a COVID outbreak among these Republican senators and they met in a special session and didn't tell anybody about this. And unfortunately, some people ended up getting COVID as a result. That that was inexcusable. And these same people who are criticizing that, and rightly so, are suddenly wanting a pass on themselves fl- flouting these particular mandates. So again, uh, kudos to everybody who is uh, who is covering this. Uh, it'll be interesting to see ultimately if the governor does uh, comment on this. Uh, the latest I've seen is he didn't have any. Uh, official comment on this, and lest you think that this was just a bunch of uh, uh, Republicans uh, pouncing on this, uh, some have indicated that this was actually some concerns brought forth by Democrats, because they have rightly been under the gun by this, because so many national Democrats have been seen out and about in public flouting their own mandates. And it has been a bad look. 
And so then when it happens in their own home state of Minnesota, yeah, they're rightly concerned. And I don't think any of them really condemned it publicly, but they were saying so privately. But enough other people were bringing it to the public forefront, so it was all good. Hey, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag N-A-R-N show. Brad Carlson, the Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Our culture continues to struggle to find its footing. Heritage Christian Academy's footing remains secure. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of all they do. See how a Bible-based academic education can support the values and teachings of your Christian home. Attend Prospective Family Information Night, January 12th at 7 p.m. Staff will be on hand for information, to answer questions, and conduct tours in a safe, no-contact environment. Space is limited. RSVP at heritageweb.org. That's heritageweb.org. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. Psalm 23.4 tells us, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We were talking briefly about caning the other day, a punishment that can quickly deter people from crimes. The Lord's staff, a tool of the shepherd, and the rod to correct behavior, both bring comfort to the psalmist. Kind of crazy. I sure do find it easy to appreciate when the Lord uses the staff to guide me and, as a consequence, the other sheep that walk with me. It's a little less easy to appreciate the use of the rod, even though I know it is absolutely required to drive folly from a child of God. Isn't it strange that these two very different tools bring us closer to the very same comforter? If you have any comments about this or other scripture, feel free to contact me at lee at thekingdombuilders.com. That's L-E-E at thekingdombuilders.com. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a 100 years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-482-8399. 800-482-8399. That's 800-482-8399. I appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. If the troops have no supplies, the troops are worthless. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help this station, and that is just patronize their sponsors. Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station. I'm sorry, I forgot where I was. Hey, welcome back. AM 12, the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you Tuning in, continuing with our local coverage, particularly on statewide issues. Honored to have back in the Patriot Bunker, Minnesota State Senator Michelle Benson, Republican out of Ham Lake. Going to talk a little bit about the upcoming session that will be uh, coming up Tuesday, this Tuesday after they get sworn in, of course, and uh, as well as uh, what uh, we can expect from uh, the these uh, COVID mandates that have been handed down by the governor as long as his emergency powers are retained. Uh, a lot of uncertainty surrounding our small businesses, and Senator Benson, along with her colleague, Senator Pratt, uh, addressed that very thing, hoping to get some uh, more clarity uh, tomorrow. Uh, first of all, Senator Benson, always an honor to have you on the broadcast. Welcome back. I am grateful 
to have been invited. It's been a long time since I've been in studio, but uh, it's a good excuse to get out. It's a nice day out. It looks like it, yeah. And it's a, and we're you know like I always always like to tell the listeners we're safe, socially distant, plexiglass between all the mic stands, and everybody's uh, masked up until you know we uh, have to go on the air, of course. But uh, all the safety protocols being followed, Senator Benson. So we appreciate that. And I appreciate you know I always like to be polite when I'm going into someone else's facility and follow their protocols. And so uh, thank you for thinking of your guests. Oh, we, yeah. we Like I say, we want to have as uh, many guests as we can, but only one at a time, of course, <laughs> being in studio, but works out well. Well, I, I definitely want to get into uh, the session here. Uh, again, coming up starting this Tuesday, we'll definitely get into that. But uh, as we were chatting this past week, I saw that you and some of your Senate colleagues, specifically Senator Pratt, Republican out of Prior Lake, uh, sent a letter to the governor asking him to outline his timeline and expectations of the hospitality industries uh, to effectively reopen on January 11th. And you uh, specifically requested for something to come tomorrow because of the tight timeline businesses run on. I wanted to expound on that a little bit, Michelle Benson. Uh, well, let me start kind of from the beginning. Senator Pratt chairs the Jobs Committee, so okay. the Department of Employment and Economic Development, and I chair the Health Committee. And so... Commissioner Grove at Deed and Commissioner Malcolm at Health are supposed to be the two balance points for the governor, you know, public health response and keeping our economy going. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the governor's done a very good job of taking a balanced approach to those two things. So Senator Pratt and I, as chairs of the relevant committees, inserted ourselves into this conversation. We've actually been trying to do this for quite a long time. And you start out with an email, a phone call, a polite Zoom meeting, um, and eventually you get to a letter that gets made public. But we have been pushing for a while for the okay. governor to take a more balanced approach. And so we asked for an answer tomorrow on the 4th. And why does that matter? And those of you who've run a business, just think about it. If you're planning Thanksgiving in a week, what groceries do you have in place? Seating, all of these things. These restaurants have been closed. They don't have food. They've told their staff that they are furloughed or laid off mm -hmm. so that they can get unemployment. Um, so how long does it take to stand up a restaurant? If he ends the executive order on the 10th, midnight on the 10th, how are they going to be open on the 11th without right. some notice? So if you just think logistically in your own life, how long would it take you to open up something that's been closed for more than a month? Uh, that's why we think it's really important that the governor gives some certainty. Also, if these entities have payments that they need to make to vendors or to their bank and they're asking for some forbearance, if the governor doesn't give certainty, they have a whole other another week where that vendor or that bank is going to say, you don't know that you're going to be open. Why should I give you forbearance? So all the uncertainty that's created by the governor's executive orders has ripple effects across the sure. supply chain and operations of a number of businesses. And this is something that I don't think gets discussed very often. Uh, we don't have a lot of transparency into the governor's decision-making. And so that's why after pushing for a while, the letter became public and we set a deadline. It would almost, be, it would almost appear that it would behoove somebody to have Oh, I don't know. Have experience running a business in a previous well, life to have uh, have some input on these decisions, Michelle Benz, or at least listen to the business owners. Sure, there are a lot of people in the hospitality industry and from the health side, even long term care in the hospitals, don't get a lot of direction and input. Um, they kind of get told uh, it's not really a conversation. If you're brought in, told what's going to happen, and then you just have to take it. That's not a conversation. And uh, and, and on. Another thing along those lines, there was an – I don't remember when specifically this took place, but there was an expectation that restaurants were going to be allowed to open up limited capacity, these business owners, in preparation for that. Because as you said, it takes a lot of preparation uh, to get some of these protocols in place, You know, whether it be uh, the plexiglass, different sanitation, what have you. And then all of a sudden, they weren't going to be able to allow to open to the capacity that they initially thought. So here they spend all this money getting – these restaurants up to code according to these latest executive orders only to be told, well, we're not quite ready to, to go back yet. It's, it's financially devastating to a lot of these restaurants that aren't coming back. And some of them, you know, improve their vent systems, put UV light so that it kills 
viruses and bacteria as the air is passing through. Mm. Uh, they've done extraordinary things to try to keep their customers and their employees safe. That's the thing you have to remember. Businesses want healthy customers and they want healthy employees. And that's why we've taken the approach, okay, open at 50%. We can live with that. But it's got to be about the business owner who's trying to do the right thing at every turn, uh, not being punished for something that they didn't do and they can't control. Right. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a difficulty to say the least. And of course, I think it was the Star Tribune that came out with a list. I think it was was it 94 restaurants that either have closed or could close because of COVID. And people like to spin and say, well, restaurant, it's a low profit margin business anyways. They're probably teetering on the brink as it was. And that, and to me, that's just doubly insulting to these people who've poured so much of it all only to have the rug pulled out from underneath them. And and they've invested their livelihood. And, yes. and if you're if you're a Metro listener, maybe you grew up in a small town. Um, if you go to the cafe in a small town during the spring when things are starting to get nice and the retired guys are hanging out having coffee, you know, people meet there for lunch. Yeah. It's part of the social network of a community. Yep. It's where people it's you know, you know, mom and dad give the kid some money to run up to have some supper between you know the end of band practice and the beginning of a wrestling match it's part of the community if you have you know if you have five starbucks within walking distance of you you maybe don't understand what it means right. but those small cafes are going away that yeah, part of shame. the community is going away it's not just about the ocean air Yes, correct. Well, again, we are joined by Minnesota State Senator Michelle Benson, she Republican out of Ham Lake. Want to transition a little bit, as we indicated, the uh, next legislative session slated to begin uh, this Tuesday. It is a session. It's a budget year, so a lot of haggling over that, particularly the past few budget cycles, if memory serves. Uh, we've been pretty good, fiscally healthy, always had a surplus, facing a pretty significant uh, deficit, Michelle Benson. This is going to make it doubly tough to try to come up with a budget since to see since it's be uh it appears there's such a reluctance to cut spending anywhere but i don't know how you're going to make up that deficit michelle benson any suggestions here (laughs) and and the thing we have to remember part of your opening comments were we've had years of surpluses Mm -hmm. our revenue our tax structure gives us a surplus year over year right this is a significant anomaly yes caused by the economic response to pandemic shutdowns. We understand that. Keep that in mind when people say, oh, we need to raise this tax. We need to raise this tax. Do they want to raise it just to solve this problem? Or are they trying to raise it so that they can continue to grow government? That's that's the key that your listeners and some folks in the press are going to have to be clear about as we go forward. We have enough money. We are in a temporary situation. Let's make some decisions to solve a temporary situation. There are $300 million worth of grants, the Department of Human Services, that have been growing and growing. Some of them are carve-outs from previous legislatures. Now is the time to take a good hard look at them and say, did this accomplish the goal it was supposed to? And if it didn't, then let's set that money back aside so that we're not contributing to deficits going forward. So going uh, going into this particular session, uh, are there any particular areas fiscally that you're hearing more or less about that say, hey, we really need to address this, prioritize this over others? Obviously, COVID relief will certainly be a, a continued destruction or a uh, continued discussion point. Um, what else uh, outside of that are you hearing that? Let's be honest. There are some areas that definitely need a haircut, if nothing else, Michelle Benson. Uh, well, as your listeners are aware... $2.1 billion in federal money the governor spent on COVID with, yes, the legislature got to see it was happening, but we got very little input as to how it happened. Mm-hmm. And so $2.1 billion is a lot of money yes. that's been spent. We had already committed as the legislature to spend $500 million, half a billion dollars. The governor chose to spend all the federal money and not backfill our general fund because he didn't want the legislature to have control of that of any of that money. We could have had a half a billion dollar pot of ongoing COVID money if the governor had done that. We could have had 
significant help going forward. Now we're going to have to fight through a deficit yes. to fund necessary COVID response. What always gets put on the table? Health and Human Services. It's the fastest growing part of the budget. Um, people don't understand it. So Senator Jim Abler and I are going to have to take a pretty hard look at that budget. Nobody wants to touch education. Roger Chamberlain's going to look at some pretty, you know, if we're going to spend money, let's have good outcomes. Yes. One of the things that has happened with the COVID shutdowns and the riots that happened this summer, there's the achievement gap we're seeing get progressively worse. Oh, yes. Permanent harm to the children who've gone through this. And thank goodness, I, you know, Roger Chamberlain, you don't think you're going to make friends in politics and you meet Roger and you're like, OK, he is who he says he <laughs> yeah. is. And um, I, I trust him. He and I often get confused with each other whenever I'm at the Capitol. Senator Chamberlain is like, no, that's not me. So, <laughs> it happens occasionally, I should yeah. say, not all the time. Once again, uh, Ms. Uh, Senator Michelle Benson joining us in studio. If you have a quick question or comment, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Brad Carlson, and the Clothes are coming back with Senator Benson. One final segment this hour. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. Uh, we were going to write a flashy promo about streaming us at radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to The Patriot on the free radio.com app. The COVID-19 pandemic is the worst healthcare crisis of our lifetime. Hospitals, care centers, and their staff are overwhelmed, and it's getting worse. By now, we all know someone who's been affected by the virus, but there is hope. Vaccines are coming and getting closer every day. But while we wait for relief, you need to do your part. Wear a mask, wash your hands, and maintain your distance. It's for now, not forever. This message sponsored by the Helmsley Charitable Trust, aired with the Minnesota Broadcasters Association in this station. I grew up poor, which is even worse than being poor. From poor to CEO, the incredible journey of Herman Cain. My American dream entailed working hard and making $20,000 a year. But I surpassed that goal and became a corporate CEO. The story of one man's amazing journey from a poor, undereducated family to the highest levels of corporate, social, and political America. I didn't have to be taught work ethic. I saw it firsthand, and it had a big impression on me. From poor to CEO, the amazing true story of the American dream that will inspire and motivate you and your family to live your best life. We'll all be able to say free at last. See the movie From Poor to CEO, The Incredible Journey of Herman Cain, available at SalemNow.com. Use promo code Salem for 20% off. SalemNow.com, promo code Salem. Warning. Warning, warning. Once you taste the Rack Shack's Patriot Burger, other burgers will never measure up. Hey, I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, and we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue to create a burger worthy of the Patriot name. It's a half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through. American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly waves over the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our delectable sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Best burger in town as far as I'm concerned, and it's $12.80 anytime, any day. Right today at the Rack Shack Barbecue at the Cedar Cliff Center at Nichols and Cliff in Egan. Be careful. Once you try a Patriot Burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack. Rack Shack Barbecue. Oh, 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 yeah. You can listen to AM 1280 The Patriot on all Amazon Echo devices. Simply ask Alexa to play The Patriot Minneapolis, and you'll hear your favorite hosts. This is Dennis Prager, and thanks for listening to me on your Alexa device. Welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. One final segment this hour. Senator Michelle Benson, she Republican out of Ham Lake, hanging around for one final segment, talking about the upcoming legislative session. Now we might have a time for a quick phone call, 651-289-4488. If it's relevant to the upcoming uh, legislative session, that is. Uh, 
Senator Benson, I know one of the things that has been brought forth as a concern, and I know you've raised it as well, is the transparency or lack thereof right. of the fact that your colleagues, you and your colleagues, have to meet remotely because of the COVID protocols, can't gather together for normal committee meetings where people can sit in the committee rooms and hear everything that's going on. And um, that could be an issue, especially and since you know things are discussed over Zoom meeting and all of a sudden something is finalized, it comes out of committee that may have escaped the public's eye. Uh, how are you addressing that going forward, you and your colleagues? Well, for the Senate, we're trying to get technology so that we could be a blend of in-person and distanced, um, and then we could have some accommodation for the public, you know, sit six feet apart, but at least the public could see and have the opportunity to say, here's my objection to that amendment. If If we're doing amendments on a Zoom meeting and you don't have the phone number or the email of, and how do you get an email in fast enough to say, um, look at look at you know page three line twelve of this amendment? Do you see um, that's mm. not going to make any sense? So there there are um, simple things like ands versus ors, or um, it, it doesn't even have to be a big complicated issue. But there was a healthcare reimbursement amendment that was going to get added. And all of a sudden, I'm reading the language and I'm like, this contradicts federal law. Mm. And if I hadn't wow. been like, the, I don't want to say an expert, that sounds arrogant, but you need more eyes on things that are sure. really significant. And so um, so there, there's, you know, how did people feel about the budget being put together by the three leaders? Yeah, right. Last time the budget was put mm-hmm. together. How did people feel about the four caucus agreement that's required to get anything passed during special session. We can't put together an entire budget in those scenarios. The public needs to participate. First of all, it's their right. But secondly, we're going to miss key things if we do this all by ourselves behind closed doors and then, ta-da, here's a Zoom meeting. We're going to present you with your budget. So we need to do better being in person safely. Um, We need to have accommodation for people who can't be in person. If someone is immunocompromised. We want them still to be able to vote, give testimony. Um, But there's another thing. Governor's executive orders are not transparent either. And as long as he has his emergency powers, we're not going to have transparent government. And so my contention is the legislature is in session. Last spring, we moved really quickly to pass half a billion dollars in necessary spending to support hospitals, protective equipment, long-term care facilities, education, child care. We moved. And for those who are familiar with the way an executive order is created, you know, there's obviously discussion. Something gets drafted. It goes to general counsel. Why can't that process happen through our committees and with the public seeing what's going on? Right. And us being able to say, so, Governor, you want masks for child sports or for mm-hmm. for um, youth sports activities. What data says that there's a risk of transmission right. at a hockey match? Right, right. Now, there's no mask for wrestling, but they're in pretty close contact. And a little well, bit. By the way, we know exactly how long they're in close contact because <laughs> um, there's a clock. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how is this making sense? Please explain this to us. The public should be able to say, please explain this to us before a law goes into effect. Well, and, and some of the more recent uh, you know, mandates regarding when he was shutting down businesses and, or bars and restaurants, but there is an opportunity for outdoor seating. And, of course, <laughs> Minnesotans are like, wait, what? We're outdoors in Minnesota? How does that work? And, and they talk about, well, you can be in an outdoor shelter, but it has to be open-ended on two different sides. I mean, it's just crazy stuff as if the- to— to justify this uh, closing down of the businesses. And if somebody had brought that up in a public hearing, I mean, for them to have to sit in a hearing and say out loud, you can eat outside in Minnesota the end of December. Yeah. People would like, that makes no sense. Yeah. Why are you even bringing this up? Right. But, um, I, I I understand they were trying to help um, some of the microbreweries who have outdoor fire pits, et cetera. But it, to the average Minnesotan, it made no sense at all. Right, right. And some of your laws have to pass the, oh, that makes sense test. Well, and and obviously the one thing that was where a lot of people were confused by is 
you know, I mean, the governor himself cited, I I can't remember if it was a World Health Organization or a CDC uh, talking point indicating how physical exercise really helps with one's mental health. Because let's be honest, mental health is really at risk during these open-ended lockdowns that are taking place. And therefore, it was vital that uh, gyms be open, provided you could be socially distant. We're our gym where we go to every other treadmill's locked down, so it's every other one, and that's six feet apart, and it's all good. But then he decides to shut down gyms, and someone asks, well, well, Governor, there hasn't been a large transmission of COVID at gyms. Plus, you yourself cited a CDC study indicating how this is good for mental health. Doesn't this seem kind of counterproductive? And all we get is scenarios. Well, if you're exerting yourself without a mask, that could potentially cause COVID. Well, it hasn't. And and I think that's the thing where people are frustrated by. You're using this evidence to shut down these businesses, but there hasn't been the outbreaks at bars and restaurants and gyms to the degree that they're indicating. And, okay, so if we're going to follow science and follow data, then the science says people exercising actually boosts their immune system. Mm -hmm. That's important. Big time. (laughs) That, That people, so if you do get exposed to the flu, to a rhinovirus, to another coronavirus, to a norovirus, think of all the things that you could be exposed to that aren't covid and your immune system needs to be strong to fight those and to fight the uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus. Um, so the science says exercise is good yes. for your immune system. And the data says very limited outbreaks. And the definition of the outbreak was based on if the person had been in that space, five households at that time, five households, somebody had been in that space in a 30-day period, just the definition of an outbreak doesn't make any sense. And so if we're going to use data, limited outbreaks, even though the definition doesn't make sense, and the science that says your immune system is better off if you exercise, Mm -hmm. there was no reason to put further restrictions on gyms, on dance facilities, uh, youth sports. I'm still... Okay, so we're not going to mask during wrestling, but we are going to mask during soccer. I can personally testify it is difficult to work out with a mask. God help me, Michelle Benson. I'm trying, but it is difficult. It's it's hard, but I'm doing the best I can. Well, Senator Benson always goes by way too quickly. Thank you for coming by today. I uh, hope to catch up with you again as the session goes on because uh, I'm sure there will be a few items that will uh, crop up in the news, don't you think? So. Uh, absolutely, and you can you can always get a hold of me. I am... I am happy to, it's a little bit of a drive, but you know what? On a nice Sunday afternoon, I'm happy to be here. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers who are making buying decisions for the new year. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill. 800-430-8761-800-430-8761-800-430-8761. That's 800-430-8761. Arby's Computer Service. 
You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Celebrating two decades on air, this is 